It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Trial of Sam Bankman-Fried. Here we have a guy who not only committed the conduct, but didn't accept responsibility for it, went to trial, and then lied on the stand. Sam's collapse was so big that the government had no choice but to make an example out of him in this trial. Welcome back to the trial of Sam Bankman-Fried. I'm your host, Kelly O'Grady from over at Fox Business. So quick housekeeping uh, to start with, I wanted to update you before we hop in. This is actually gonna be our final episode of the podcast. We have absolutely loved covering the twists and turns of all of it with you. Um, what it's meant for the broader crypto industry has been personally very fun for me to get into. Uh, it's not necessarily the last you're gonna hear from me. I'll give you a little bit more info on that at the end of this episode. But the reason we're actually gonna wrap things up is one of the big things that I want to get into today. So in the past couple of weeks, we heard that the prosecution has actually decided to forego the second trial with more criminal charges that they had intended to bring against Sam Bankman-Fried. Now, the reason that they gave was uh, was a couple. They didn't wanna hold up sentencing, uh, potential victim restitution. And the thing is, is they kind of had already introduced a lot of the evidence in the first trial that they would bring out in another. Uh, so barring any appeal, we're, we're kind of looking at sentencing. Um, that's going to be March 28th. So basically in just a few short months, we're going to learn Sam's fate, how many years he may spend behind bars. Remember, he's facing up to 110. Uh, and the crypto industry could actually be in a very different place at that point because of a number of different things uh, that's going to be happening in the near future, which we will also get to. So I wanted to get into all of this today with two folks that you have heard from before. So I wanna bring in Sam Enzer and Zach Guzman. Sam, if you remember, he's a partner at Cahill, Gordon and Rindell, uh, not only an expert in white collar criminal defense, but very well-versed in the crypto industry. And Zach, former Yahoo Finance anchor, crypto aficionado and founder and CEO of Trustless Media. He covered this trial from day one, saw him outside the courthouse many times. Uh, welcome back, gentlemen. So good to have you here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for, for having us on, Kelly. Yes, my, my, my two-star panelists to wrap out this podcast. Um, so listen, you, you both have very interesting perspectives to bring. Uh, because we kind of have both legal developments, industry developments to talk about, I wanted um, to, to have you both on for this, this final episode to kind of cover those different areas. So let's, let's start with the legal piece. Sam, I want to go to you first because you have been a prosecutor, you're a defense attorney. Why forgo the March trial? From where I'm standing, you had four hours of deliberations for a guilty verdict. That's probably the best optic win you can get. Uh, but what's your take on the decision? Sure. Um, and if you remember when I was one of the last times I was on, I predicted that this would happen. You um, did. <laughs> so I'm not a, I'm not at all surprised. Um, if I was in the government's shoes, if I, you know, when I was there as a federal prosecutor in that office, I would have made the same decision. And I think here is sort of the the reasoning. So num number one is as a practical matter, uh, the government has successfully proven that Bankman Freed committed one of the largest frauds in history. Uh, in terms of punishment, there's a maximum potential sentence of over 100 years. Um, 
the judge at sentencing will consider a variety of factors in deciding where between zero years and the maximum um, to, to put Sam Bankman Freed in prison for. And we know we can expect he's going to get a jail, uh, prison sentence, just a question of how many years. And that ban from zero up to over 100 is more than enough. That's literally enough to put him in effectively for the rest of his life. And so getting him getting him convicted on additional charges is not going to move the needle in materially on how much time he could do. It's not going to materially affect the sentencing guidelines that the judge considers in deciding where between zero and the max to sentence Bankman Freed. Um, there is a significant resource use involved in trial. These trials are an incredible amount of effort for the government um, and frankly for society because you know, you have to bring in a whole group of people. Over 100 people come in on jury duty. They spend a day. Then it gets narrowed down to 12 jurors plus some alternates, the court, the court staff, the marshals. This is all very, very expensive for society to be involved in. And so with all of the resources, the fact that it's not material to the outcome, and also the fact that under the, the federal sentencing system, the judge is allowed to consider basically anything in sentencing Bankman Freed, including conduct for which he was not convicted. The government need not prove beyond a reasonable doubt the campaign finance conduct for the judge to consider it at sentencing. Uh, that is allowed under the federal system, and I can talk about it and how that works and what the legal standard is. But bottom line, government doesn't need to prove it. Um, they have already got enough. Doing the trial could be piling on. It's a lot of resources. And so the stick isn't worth the candle. From the government's perspective, they want to deter fraud. They want to send a message that the crypto market is like any other market. Fraud is fraud and it will be prosecuted, um, regardless of whether it's on the blockchain or on Wall Street. But, you know, for them, they also have to decide, do we want to use our resources on a second bankman free trial or hmm. do we want to use these resources on a different case? Right. Right. No, I, I love that you brought up the piece about uh, that the fact that Judge Kaplan is allowed to consider the evidence, even though he wasn't charged for the campaign finance violations, that he wasn't charged for bribing uh, a foreign official, because those things did come up in the first trial. Um, you know, we it, I think it was potentially during Nishad Singh's uh, testimony of memory serves. You know, there was uh, a spreadsheet where we saw donations. Um, there was also, in Caroline Ellison's testimony, talk of how they were trying to get assets back that were frozen in China, which ultimately ended up with them bribing a foreign official. So he is allowed to consider those things. Zach, I want to bring you in because I know you were you were covering this day by day. You were in the courtroom. Um, was there any evidence or, or charges, you know, that you were hoping to see fleshed out more in a second trial? Because I, I know from where I stood, the the little tidbit that we got about the Republicans, the Democrats that were were receiving money because it was both sides. Um, the fact mm -hmm. that he potentially bribed a foreign official; those were were sort of teasers where I was like, oh, we we may get more. This is coming attractions. Um, but what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, as soon as the news broke that there wouldn't be a second trial around some of those bribery charges and, and some of the other pieces that some people had, you know, covered quite extensively just because of the political piece to it, um, I, I think there was a lot of blowback from people thinking that they're never going to get those answers. 
Um, and, you know, as I mentioned the last time I was on, you know, I, I chatted with Sam right before the trial at his, at his parents' home. And one of the things that he mentioned when he walked through all of the charges that he would be facing at trial was that out of all of them, the shakiest ones in his mind, and maybe this was just his lawyer's advice, were the campaign finance violations um, attached to donations. And that it was essentially kind of, uh, you know, the government may be trying their hand at the first time that they would actually present those to a jury rather um, and try and, you know, make an example out of him. And so he was basically saying that that one was maybe even not going to be brought up. And, and now it's not. I just don't think that this is the way that he he would have thought it to be cast aside after the convictions that came from the first trial we witnessed. Um, but me personally, Kelly, I mean, you know, you were in the in the courtroom along with me and, and watching how all this played out. I think, you know, as we just heard, the facts were laid before the judge. A lot of this was already covered in terms of, you know, the details around how FTX was trying to get some funds unlocked in China, um, the lengths that they were going to get those unlocked, the idea of maybe bribing a Chinese official to get those funds unlocked. Um, and those facts were presented. You know, we heard some of the details in terms of the business dealings and how they were going about doing so, even going to the extreme lengths of trying to sign up I believe it was Thai prostitutes in fake accounts to try and move oh, yeah. those monies around. That was a great moment. <laughs> that was a huge moment. It elicited a lot of gasps in the courtroom. I remember the press overflow room was was confused by. Did he just did he really say Thai prostitutes? <laughs> but you know these details and these facts were presented in front of the, the the jury, the judge, and now I think as the government you know makes its decision to not pursue this, it's because most of those facts are already out there. Um, but, you know, at the same time, does that mean that some people are disappointed they might not get the extensive details as to these politicians accepting funds? I don't think it's as salacious as most people think it might be. And some of those politicians have already kind of, you know, dealt with those issues, um, as we've seen in the backlash. So I, I think generally, uh, speaking as someone in the crypto industry, also just putting it behind us is not the worst thing in the world. Mm, yeah. No, I, and I mean, you make a good point that a, a lot of the politicians, I mean, they're, they're giving back the money, they're moving past it. Um, this was obviously a, a big headache, very big optic uh, issue sort of uh, in the crypto industry. And there's a lot of exciting things, I think, that are happening right now where there's momentum, at least you can see in the price of Bitcoin right now. Uh, but quickly before we, we kind of switch to that next piece, uh, Sam, you were touching on the sentencing. You, you have been on both sides many times. Uh, what does sending a message mean here? Um, you know, could we actually see up to 100? I mean, he, he's really young. So he, he certainly, I, I was actually very interested to see if during a second trial, he came with more remorse, you know, showed that maybe he evolved, tried to curry favor uh, with Kaplan. We don't get to see that here. We'll get to see he could potentially make a statement during the actual sentencing hearing. Um, but what do you think sending a message means in terms of yours? I've been through many sentencings as a federal prosecutor and as a defense lawyer. It's the hardest part of a case. Um, whether you're a defense lawyer or a prosecutor, I think a sentencing often feels a lot like going to a funeral. It's always mm. a tragedy. Um, here, I, I've, I've been, I have said on this show, I think I've said in other appearances I've had, um, that I expect Judge Kaplan to impose a sentence north of 20 years. Um, and I base that on 
the guidelines will be stratospheric because the loss amount here, the loss caused by the fraud is billions of dollars and many people were badly harmed. And there's gonna be a parade of victims sending letters and speaking and, and discussing the harm that this crime had on them. Um, and I think that it, there's also a, an important deterrent message to be sent in one, that this conduct is not okay. Two, mm. that this conduct is not okay in the crypto market. Uh, and and three, that here we have a guy who not only committed the conduct, but didn't accept responsibility for it, went to trial, and then lied on the stand about it to try to convince a jury to, to get him off the hook. And those things are not going to play well. But on the other hand, and the reason that I, I don't expect a sentence, you know, north of 20 years is a long, is a big range. Could be 21 oh, years. Could be 25 years. I don't expect a sentence that is effectively life. Um, and, and what I think distinguishes Sam Bankman Freed, for example, that from a Bernard Madoff, and I was in the courtroom when Bernard Madoff was sentenced. Um, but what distinguishes the two of them is Bernard Madoff was at that time, at the end of his life, he had been committing a Ponzi fraud for decades. And here you have a guy at the beginning of his life relatively speaking, he was in his early 30s. Um, he obviously committed an egregious crime, but he's got a lot of daylight at the end. There, there, there's a lot of time for him to grow, to change. And I think it would be hard uh, to say that he is so irredeemable that he should never again walk the earth. Yeah, no, I, I think you lay that out really well. And I, I like how you portray the sentencing that it, that it's almost like um, you know it is a tragedy because it is you know this this these are the consequences obviously the the win for the prosecution when they came out they were at the podium they were talking to the media frenzy it was it was justice has been served but then there's that that other part that I think no one rejoices except perhaps uh, maybe the victims themselves um, you know one of the things that I I love to get your take on Zach there are other players that are involved in this, right? And you have Ellison, you have Wang, you have um, uh, Singh, you have uh, Ryan uh, Salome, um, which I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I know that there was back and forth in the courtroom over how to pronounce his last name, which is a funny moment from Kaplan. But they were, you know, they were testifying, hoping not to get time. I believe Ellison faces the same length of sentence. Uh, let's say they're able to get out um, of the sentence or they, you know, maybe only do a couple years. You're plugged into the industry. I'm curious if you think any of these folks would ever have a future coming back because I would think no, um, you know, but you're an, an entrepreneur yourself and we've seen this is this is a different example, but, you know, the um, fire Festival, uh CEO was is trying to do a new venture and he's got more people coming back into into the fray with him and, and people are excited about it. You know, do you think that there's any future for these folks in the industry uh, because they were able to spin up a product that a lot of people yeah. feel like was actually very strong in terms of of how it worked, maybe, you know, the fraud aside. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's interesting to think back on how we got here, right? Because, uh, you know, in the aftermath, and obviously, I think 
Sam's collapse was so big that the government had no choice but to make an example out of him in this trial the way that they did. Um, but if you think about kind of his decision to even take this to trial and not try and get a deal, I, I would also kind of contrast that with what we saw from Bernie Madoff and, and we at Coinage interviewed, you know, the lead prosecutor against Bernie Madoff, Mark Litt, for his kind of take around all this before the trial even started. So we learned a lot of interesting facts uh, from him and, you know, paired that with Sam's thinking right before the trial began. And, and his whole thing was, look, you know, I am in my early 30s. I'd rather roll the dice, which is very true to Sam's character uh, as someone who, you know, knows him and have, you know, has interviewed him a few times. Like, that is what he wants to do. He's a gambler. A lot of people in crypto are gamblers. It just so happens that these other kind of people attached to this conspiracy didn't want to gamble as long as he did and said, look, we're facing a much lower penalty if we just kind of give up the goods here and help testify against him. And that's kind of what we saw play out. To your question on whether they have a future, I think it's already kind of interesting to see some of the other, you know, the less talked about names, not Caroline, not Gary, not Nashad, but some of the other ones that were in the courtroom, Kelly, if you remember, Ken's son, one of the executives mm -hmm. uh, who I think got a deal for testifying as well, is already launching did, yeah. another crypto, <laughs> another crypto exchange. And if you think about that, I mean, you know, remove the reason why they probably won't, and I'll come out and say they probably won't get, if you know, if any time at all, um, is because they all claim to maybe not know as much as you know a lot of people may paint with a broad brush and say everyone at ftx who was in there knew everything i think we saw in the trial that sam was definitely the one who knew everything um and you know the rest of them maybe not so much or at least not a hundred percent and so you know i think that that's a big piece because the business did work it was the fraud piece that obviously a lot of people at ftx didn't know about and so if you remove that you know, the company and the customers they served, aside from, obviously it sounds crazy to say, aside from the fraud piece, the company actually did serve their customers quite well up until the end. <laughs> and so if you think about that piece, the technology and the efficiencies, I mean, you know, you separate that out and you can see a future for maybe some people who are able to, and we're already seeing it, honestly, there's a bunch of people who left pre-crash, including Brett Harrison, the former president of FTX right. US, who's, who's now building very similar things. And so, you know, their reputations haven't been tarnished. And I think, you know, outside of Sam, uh, there's a good chance they do continue to move on. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I've been surprised that there have already been ventures popping up from the folks that were, like you said, not the, the stars involved in it, but the supporting cast. Um, Ellison, I'm, I'm curious if she gets time here because I'm with you on Nishan, I'm with you on Gary. I think they did a decent job of, you know, being like, well, I didn't know. There was that damning moment where they played the, it was, it was actually, it felt damning on both sides. Um, the audio from an all hands meeting where Ellison was sharing with Alameda employees, okay, this is all coming out. This is all going down. The ship is sinking. And the defense played a, sorry, the prosecution, no, sorry, the defense played a, a specific clip where she she laughed and said, well, uh, you know, it, it was fun. <laughs> and so I remember thinking, I was like, oh, that feels like it's not gonna play well with sentencing. Um, <laughs> but we will see where, where we go with that uh, in, in March and some later months when the rest of folks are set to be sentenced. Before I let you two go uh, quickly in the time that we have left, Zach, I'll stay with you uh, for this first question. A lot of industry developments. In fact, today we are going to get a yes or a no Likely, we, we could get a stay, um, but that's unlikely. We're likely going to get a yes, a yes or no 
on the Bitcoin ETF. There are 11 applications, Kathy Woods, Bitcoin ETF. Uh, the deadline is today to get an answer on that. If the SEC approves it, it's going to allow investors to get exposure to Bitcoin uh, without having to own the underlying asset. A lot of excitement there, a lot of credibility for the space. Zach, do you think this gets approved? I think it does for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, we've been seeing the chatter leading up to it and, uh, you know, the, the crazy SEC Twitter account getting hacked and posting it early, um, saying that it was approved. But I think the whole industry and, and everyone else attached to it and, and the people I've talked to that are, you know, on the teams filing for these, the expectations are that, yes, it does get approved. And it's just such a huge piece that could trigger, um, you know, billions is what we're talking about in fund inflows to these Bitcoin ETFs that could spill over into that excitement pushing Bitcoin's price if you listen to the prognosticators who I actually do respect because they've been right before at least the ones that we've had on coinage they're saying $100,000 potentially for Bitcoin we're seeing $150,000 thrown out there for 2024 for Bitcoin uh, I don't know if it'll be quite that high but it is a huge moment I think Kelly for the industry just given how much it's taken to even get here to grayscale suing the SEC. It took a 3-0 unanimous ruling to force the SEC to change and update you know, their position on this. And so it's been a battle. And I think it's, it's really put the whole industry together here in this boat of saying, look, we can take on the SEC in the way that they're you know, trying to be unfair to this industry. And now to have the Black Rocks, the fidelities of the world mm. to join in and say, yeah, look, we have money to make names. here. That's yeah. that's huge. So it's yeah, the short answer is yes. And I think it's going to trigger a lot of a lot more excitement. Yeah. And it, maybe by the time this podcast episode is posted today, we will actually have an answer. Um, but, you know, Sam, last word to you. We, we were talking about this before we started recording uh, and Zach mentioned it briefly. You know, this is all kind of mired in the embarrassment of the SEC Twitter account uh, or X account getting hacked. And for those listening that, that weren't following it, basically yesterday the SEC's X account announced that the ETF was approved. It was right around 4 p.m. 15 minutes later, Chair Gary Gensler posts, actually this wasn't true. The post was made with unauthorized access. The price of Bitcoin went on a roller coaster ride. What was your reaction, Sam, when you saw all of this back and forth one day before this big decision uh, was supposed to be made? Well, first of all, it was absolutely crazy because I was watching the news feed. Uh, I think I was watching Bloomberg Live, no offense to Fox Business, uh, <laughs> and saw that they were reporting that the ETF had been approved based upon a, tw a tweet or a, a post from the X account of the official X account of the SEC. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm immediately typing away to my clients to let them know, hey, this is this is happening. And no sooner than I hit send do I have to then send an update actually looks like it could be fake. And I will say it is kind of, you know, shameful, I think, for the for the SEC to not have had better controls over their X account. You know, look, a, a court, a, we haven't gotten to the bottom of it. I haven't investigated it. But according to press accounts, uh, there are allegations that the SEC uh, folks in control of the account didn't have two factor authentication. Right. I, I don't know if those allegations are correct, but if that is true, um, you know, the SEC has gone after companies and really sternly punished them in circumstances where the SEC maintains they didn't have enough cybersecurity. And so it's so hypocritical right. uh, for, for them to be doing that when here they are without any, you know, 
even the most basic controls and look at what happened. There are people, if you look at, um, I have seen charts that show what happened to the price. It spiked mm -hmm. up and then it fell dramatically on the news that it was fake, uh, that this was fake news. Right. So, you know, the SEC, the regulator, shouldn't be shouldn't be the source of that kind of market confusion. Yeah, I, I know I was looking at that spike in that fall. I mean, it does give you a perspective with the spike uh, of what we could see today. And to Zach's point, you know, it, it could spur a run uh, in terms of the price that that could get us way above potentially where the high was uh, November, I want to say, of 2021. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, like I said, by the time you guys are listening to this, it will probably be decided. Very exciting things ahead uh, for the industry. Um, and of course, then, you know, what, what we're going to see from SBF March uh, 28th, I believe. Uh, gentlemen, Sam Enzer, Zach Guzman, thank you both for joining us and sharing your perspectives and uh, being friends of the podcast as we've been on this ride. Appreciate your time today. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for having us on. We love the podcast. Of course. Thanks so much, Kelly. It was, it was great to cover this with you out there in the courtroom and now to see it all wrapped up. I appreciate you having me back on. Oh, well, it's been great to work with you both. Um, you always bring such really nuanced insights. Um, but folks, listeners, that does it for us. Thank you again for listening, coming on this wild ride with us. I've really, really loved getting to dive into this with you all, getting to connect with you all. But as I teased at the beginning, there's potentially more to come. If you enjoyed this, look out for something new in the near future. We're looking to maybe spin up something that lets us stay with crypto, but broaden out to some adjacent spaces. So please, if there are things that you're interested in hearing about as we brainstorm, reach out to me. I uh, would love to hear your thoughts. But thank you as always. It has been an absolute pleasure. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.